What is going on, Breakthrough Success listeners? Mark Roberti, the business freelance writer here. In this episode, we're going to talk about organic content and its potential in driving startup growth. So whether you are starting out with a small business idea and you want to use organic content to spread the word, or you are in the startup phase looking to get millions of visitors this is going to be a great episode for you because you will learn how to use organic content for your business. Our guest who joins us today is the founder of Thursday Labs, a content studio for early stage startups. He and his team partner with Seed and Series A stage startups to produce content across all mediums. And they focus specifically on video cast series, blogs, newsletters, and social. Our guest who joins us in this episode of Breakthrough Success is none other than Jake Hurwitz. Jake, welcome to the show. Hey, Mark. Thanks for having me. It's great to be here. Jake, it is a pleasure to have you on Breakthrough Success and organic content. It's something we've been hearing about for quite a while. Content is king. Yep. And with a lot of people talking about this already, why do you see this as a strong space versus something that some people may say is oversaturated? Yeah, it's a couple, there's a couple of reasons behind it. Um, the biggest is long story short, paid media sucks now. <laughs> Since when does anybody sit and watch an ad? Um, mm-hmm. t- when we're watching TV and commercials come on, like, what do we do? Pull out our phones and we go to Instagram or TikTok or we text a friend, we're like going to the content that we want. We ignore the ads. When you're on YouTube and a pre-roll ad comes up, you skip right past it as soon as you can, as soon as that five second counter finishes up. And that's really the biggest thing is like people see right through ads. I was even talking to a client yesterday who was like, we should do all these paid partnerships with influencers on Instagram. What do you think? I was like, well, look, I mean, I I get it. I, I understand the growth opportunity there, but now every single paid partnership you have to do, you have to list paid partnership on Instagram. So even if it feels organic and you want it to look organic, it says right under the post paid partnership. And especially if you've spent some time on TikTok right now and you read through the comments on ads and videos that people put up as ads, like people on TikTok love to just lambaste ads. And they're like, oh, this is an ad. This is an ad. Don't buy their product. People just hate ads. So I've built an agency and a studio solely around creating organic content that that works. Breakthrough success listeners, we have a lot more coming up about using organic content to drive startup growth. But first, we have a quick message from our sponsor. Breakthrough success listeners, you know that your brain power is best spent on running your business, not on the annoying details of saving receipts, calculating your taxes, and categorizing expenses. What if there was something that could take care of all that for you and free up more of your time? Well, there is, and it's called Found. Found is a business banking app built specifically for the self-employed. It's an all-in-one banking app, meaning it comes with the smart tools you need to run your business. Manage your income, expenses, taxes, and invoicing all from the Found app. Even sign up is easy. It's free. It takes just a few minutes. Plus, if you spend $100 with your found card in the first 30 days, you can get a $25 bonus in your account. There's no commitment. Try found today and see what all-in-one banking can do for you. Head to found.com slash breakthrough or use the promo code breakthrough to try found today. Terms and conditions apply. Found is a financial technology company, not a bank. Found's banking services are provided by Piermont Bank 
member FDIC. Remember, head to found.com slash breakthrough or use promo code breakthrough to try found today. Let's get right back into the episode. And I get that with advertising, you see the message and you know to tune it out and organic content is different from that. Can you explain that for us a little more? Yeah, I I like to share an example and a story, and it has a lot to do with the brand and my thesis and philosophy behind Thursday Labs. It has a lot to do with how I even got to where I am today. But long story short, I'll use the company Patagonia as our example. They and Yeti Coolers, they both do the same thing in this context. So they spend a good amount of money on very, very high quality cinematic production. We're talking like seven minute short films that are something you would literally go to a movie theater to see like at a short film festival. Beautiful, beautiful, moving, inspiring, entertaining short films, seven minutes long, 12 minutes long, whatever it is. And these are not about the product. Like you'll never see Yeti coolers put out a seven minute short film about how great their coolers are. You'll never see Patagonia put out a short film about how wonderful their vests are. Instead, they capture these beautiful stories about the lifestyle of the people that buy their products. So they might put a seven minute film out about a fly fisherman in in Alaska, and they never mention Yeti coolers in the video. At most, they might show the fisherman wearing a Yeti coolers hat. And so they're capturing attention from people on YouTube for seven to 12 minutes. What other ad out there is capturing attention for seven to 12 minutes? You're lucky if you can get two seconds all because they're just putting out beautiful, gorgeous, moving, inspiring films. So I started watching these videos and and it kind of pays homage to the entire outdoor industry. You know, ski films, snowboarding films, surf films, skateboarding movies, whatever it is. This is the industry that I've found tells the most inspiring, most moving stories. But they're not out there to just push product. They're telling these stories to inspire, to entertain and to educate and empower their audiences. And so my whole philosophy these days is use that strategy. This is where people feel something. They feel an emotion when they watch the films, when they when they see the content. They are, they learn something. They're getting value from you. You're building serious trust with them, serious relationship, even though you never met them. They're just your audience. And I like the idea of the seven-minute ad in the sense where it doesn't feel like an ad. It feels like this experience. It's something that you want to actively watch instead of like the first two seconds retention rate plummets because they know it's an ad. Totally. Um, With these, I mean, it is an investment to create any piece of content. But once you create the content... Uh, how do we get traction to it from an organic perspective? Because you could run ads for it, but people are conditioned to look away from those. What's the game plan for getting traction for a piece of content? Yeah. So the game plan that I'm about to share is also the strategy and and whole thesis of my company's approach. So like (laughs) could have asked that as well. It's the same answer. What we do is we start with producing a video series. Just like how you have a podcast, it's the same thing, an interview series between, let's say, the founder of the company and thought leaders, investors, um, influencers, celebrities, et cetera, within their industry. Basically, the folks that their customers look up to. 
Now they sit down on a couch or at a desk and we film with really nice cameras and really nice audio equipment and light, nice lighting uh, with an Emmy award-winning film crew, a nice interview. This is meant to look more like a docu-series and like an interview series you might see on CNBC or Good Morning America than a podcast where everyone's wearing like headphones and has a microphone in front of their face. That's that's not the approach that we like to take. So we start there. I typically don't care so much about people watching the full 45-minute interview on YouTube or LinkedIn or Instagram or wherever we post it. We'll certainly post it. It's not, we'll probably get a few thousand listens or watches, maybe 10,000 views. That's great. But what I really care about is all the short nuggets of content that we can pull out of those long episodes. So we've got a whole system and a process using some AI, using some editors overseas, um, using various frameworks to basically take a 45-minute episode and turn that into 8 to 12 short clips that get edited with sound effects and transitions and subtitles and all that for every social media channel. We're talking TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, you name it. We take those clips and we use ChatGPT and a few other AI tools to turn them into really engaging blog posts and guides. We then send out those blog posts in a weekly newsletter. And we also turn it into uh, tweet threads and LinkedIn threads and little quotes that you can put in written text on any platform. So the whole point is you take one 45 minute episode and you turn that into about 50 pieces of short form content on every channel. So if you're a new brand starting from scratch, let's say you have zero followers on every channel, well, start your accounts. You have zero followers on Instagram, zero on TikTok, zero on Twitter, no email subscribers in your newsletter, but you start there. You can at least start with your hundred closest contacts and colleagues, maybe even a thousand. Most people have that on LinkedIn and start to build your email list and send out your accounts and say, hey, we're launching this new company. We're launching our social media pages. And with that, we're going to launch our first six, <clears throat> excuse me, our first six episodes of this limited series that we're doing, where I'm going to sit down and, and have really in-depth, deep conversations with the biggest influencers and celebrities in the space. A different question is like, how do you get in touch with those people? That's a whole different ballgame. But let's say that part's covered. Um, now you start dripping out that content on a daily basis on every channel. And you ask your initial 100 or 1,000 people to follow the page and start boosting it. Um, that's where things start. And because this content is using the right hashtags on every channel, uh, using the right subtitles and descriptions, and that's another discussion point as well, like how do you generate that type of copy? You are targeting people out there that organically are searching for this content. So if you've got a little clip on like, what are the top five books that a founder should read this year if they're starting a financial tech company, and then you put that on TikTok, TikTok's algorithm is going to start pumping that to people that are into fintech. And over the course of about three to six months, you'd be blown away at how not just large your audience gets, but how engaged your audience gets because you're not just pushing them ads. You're sharing valuable nuggets of information that aren't just there to talk about how great your product is. No one wants to hear that. That's what they're hearing all day everywhere. You're instead just teaching them stuff, entertaining them, making them laugh, making them feel inspired. I mean, with the interview format, I mean, I definitely see the benefit, um, not just from the podcasting perspective, but also you get 50 pieces of content out of it is that the reason you focus on the interview format that you get like 50 pieces out of it? Or is there another angle to interviews as well? That is the biggest reason is the velocity, the amount of content that we can get from one 
piece of content. It's efficient. And I use this for startups in particular because when they're at an early stage, they don't have a massive marketing budget. So let's say they've got $100,000 to spend this year on content. Like There's infinite ways they can spend that. I believe the most efficient and wise way they can spend it is on producing all this organic content that you'll get 500 pieces of content in six months across 10 channels. That's a lot of content. And that's the most efficient way that I've found so far to do it is to start with the interview series. And I know you mentioned repurposing it on in, in 50 different types of content across 10 different platforms for startups that are a little bit tighter on budget. How do you figure out, let's say if they can only do three or five platforms, which ones you would focus on? Yeah, it's a great question. First off, it completely depends on the company. If they're a B2B SaaS business that like really isn't going to thrive by selling on TikTok, for example, they should probably focus on LinkedIn or Twitter where it's more business-to-business relationships. If it's an e-commerce direct-to-consumer product, should definitely be on TikTok and Instagram because they need to be building brand awareness. Um, but at the end of the day, I will suggest... 90 to 95% of companies, whether it's B2B or B2C or some hybrid of the two, they should still be leveraging TikTok. It's an extremely powerful platform that is massive. I know the current mindset is, oh, I guess for teenagers to do dance videos. Actually, the largest growing demographic of creating new accounts on TikTok is between the ages of 35 and 50 years old. So that's a trope. We can demystify that one right out of the gates. TikTok is an amazing place to build a new audience. That's what their entire algorithm is built on. Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, they send content to people that you're already connected with and that are searching for the hashtags that you're tagging in your in your content. TikTok so far, is they, they broke the game where they created an algorithm that's all about, we can pick up on who the right audience is for you and we'll bring them to your content. So it's a really, really great place to build an initial following. And at the end of the day, if you think about it too, even if you are selling huge corporate contracts on a very B2B standpoint, you're like, what are we going to do on TikTok? There is still a human, let alone a group of humans at the end of that line of making that sales decision. And those people are just as human as everybody else and are sitting in bed at night, contemplating their life (laughs) and all the stuff that goes wrong in it. And they're scrolling through TikTok. And they might be getting ads for their hobbies or for their home life, but they're also going to be getting ads that apply to their work life. So I really like to put B2B brands on TikTok. And if you're a B2C brand, you have to be there as well. Jake, it brings up several great points. So I'm just going to jump into a little bit. Like if you get 100 views, you don't know who those 100 people are. So there are going to be some industries that don't get as much engagement on a place like TikTok or LinkedIn compared to another. But if you have the right person viewing at the right time, it can be far more profitable than one of these posts that goes viral, but nothing really emerges out of it. And I mean, I think a lot of people look at the numbers too much without thinking what they mean. Yeah. I think there, this is a problem with, the industry as a whole when it comes to marketing is everybody looks at uh, reach and impressions and follower count and view count. Let's just do some simple math for a second. If you have a a million views on one of your viral videos, but you got a hundred, let's say new website visitors and waitlist signups from that million people, well, you had a really small percentage click-through rate 
and overall engagement rate. But let's say you had a video with only 200 views, but you still had 100 people click through and sign up to join your waitlist. You had a 50% click through and engagement rate. That's huge. That's massive. So at the end of the day, though, whether your video got a million views or 100 views, still got 100 signups. And so the rate doesn't really matter in my mind as much. Sure, it's nice if you have a lot of followers because you can increase your potential for more signups and you can drive more trust because a lot of other people follow you. But as a new brand, you're just not there yet. It's just not how it works. So I love it when brands focus mostly on the early stage. Like, okay, we got 100 signups from 200 people in our video. That's all right. Because that tells us that video really, really, really struck a chord with a huge percentage of just a few people. I'd way rather go sit down with 200 people and study the crap out of them to understand who they really are as individuals than a million. You can't handle a million, but you can definitely do 200. And that's a really good way for early brands to be using content to research and understand who is our customer and how do we now scale this? Like if we just got 50% conversion rate on one small piece of content, we can now rinse and repeat that same piece of content. And maybe you want to put $1,000 or $10,000 in ad spend behind it. Now that formula, you can start to scale. And each social media post obviously gets different traction, but part of it is the frequency. Some people, they post inconsistently. Some people, they do weekly. It sounds like since you're taking an interview and turning it into 50 pieces of content, are you of the mind of posting every single day on social media or do you have a different approach? I'm of the mindset of at least one post on every platform five days a week, especially on the platforms that matter to you to you and your brand. There are some clients I work with, for example, we've decided we don't want to post, let's say very consumer heavy brand. We don't want to be posting every day on LinkedIn and Twitter, but we do want three to five posts every day on Instagram and TikTok. That's just because of we're learning about our customer and like the type of signal we want to send to them as a brand. But when you're in the early stage, I think it's imperative to be posting content on all four of those channels, plus doing a blog, plus doing a newsletter, kind of calling it your like digital magazine, putting out stuff every single day on every social channel and at least once a week on your blog and newsletter. Again, not so much for the purpose of having that much content, but more for the purpose of doing research. You need to have enough velocity and results and at bats to start to pick up on data trends. Like if one person only posts three times a week, whereas their competitor posts six times a week, at the end of the year, the competitor is twice as far in learning, they have twice as many data points about what they've learned about their customer. And they're still both posting at like pretty high velocity, but one is 2x the other. That's outrageous. And I mean, there are a lot of ways to go about scheduling the post. You could pick one day of the week, schedule all five of your posts. If you're doing the interview format like Jake recommends, you can really take one interview. Do you do all those interviews, like um, the repurposing of an interview? Do you do all that in one sitting or are you like spacing out all the repurposing for one interview over a week, like the scheduling of the posts? Yeah, it depends on how much money my clients want to spend on content creation. Typically where an early stage startup falls is we'll do like 12 episodes in a limited series over the course of six months. That math comes out to one episode launch every other week. And so if you take eight clips 
per episode, you're going to be posting those four times a week for two weeks. So I like to run each episode for about a two week campaign at a time, which is two a month. I mean, I really like how you reverse engineer that knowing how long the campaign has to last so that you're not, I mean, some podcasts and interviews like that, you want to pump out weekly content, but from your marketing perspective, like you would have overlap with your format if you did weekly versus one every two weeks. Yeah, exactly. The, like one of my current clients, for example, we do a podcast launch every other Thursday. So it's two Thursdays a month, a new episode drops, but we do a blog post and newsletter every Thursday, every week. So four times a month. So each episode corresponds with two blog posts, like a part one and a part two, and two newsletters, which is the blog post that's just sent directly to people's inbox, and eight short social media clips, plus daily little snippets of um, written content on Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram quotes, and stuff like that. So yeah, basically, we kind of like, we treat these podcast guests on the on the docu-series less as like, hey, you want to be my podcast guest? And then we'll feature you on our on our page. It's more about, hey, would you like to be a content partner with us for two weeks? And that starts with us having a really in-depth conversation. And then we're going to write two blog posts together. We're going to write two newsletters together. We're going to do a ton of short form on all these channels. And if we cross-promote it, if you boost this on your page as well, that helps you look great. And it's good for the initial brand because that's a really good way to get more organic eyeballs. Like if you have a guest on your pod with 300,000 LinkedIn followers or TikTok followers, and then they just reshare that on their page, you just got a free pass to 300,000 new people. And if you do that with eight clips, that's eight times over the course of two weeks. That's a really smart way to use the technical phrase is like to turn your network into editorial assets. But to make that sound more in layman's terms, it's like to turn famous people that you know into your biggest spokespeople for free. Yeah, I mean, that that's another great thing about like when you collaborate with people, it's natural for them to want to share in most cases. Yeah. And it just creates more possibilities. It puts you in front of more people. How does this exposure translate into revenue for startups because you could get the traffic numbers you get the social media numbers you were talking about earlier how like views impressions like follower account that's the stuff that most people focus on but how do we turn all of this engagement into revenue yeah it is the most important question and thing to be tracking like at the end of the day if we get a bunch of views we get a bunch of likes we get a bunch of shares but it doesn't translate to booked revenue then it was negative roi so it completely depends on the product, right? If we're selling a $20 water bottle on Shopify, that's very different from selling a $500 a month SaaS subscription. And so I can't give an exact answer except for the awful answer, which is it depends on each company. What I can say is it's imperative that when we start every project, we build the right data capture tools so we can really see, okay, for everybody that clicked through this video, it's tracked that they went from this video to the landing page that we built that corresponds with that video to booking a demo. And then in your backend CRM, it's tagged that that person who booked the demo ultimately translated into a sale. We can say, okay, these X number of people 
all found us initially through that one piece of content or that piece of uh, that newsletter or that blog. That's most important. How can you build it from the start? Otherwise, there aren't too many other ways aside from just knowing the mindset that like content in the earliest stage, yes, it's important for revenue, but it's equally as important to use it for for research purposes and to learn about your audience. This is a great way to learn about who's engaging with your brand because you're giving them something to engage with. I mean, there's a lot that goes into it. And when it comes to figuring out the revenue, I mean, it, it's not necessarily clear cut just because of what the customer journey looks like. Some people you could track, they click the link, they immediately purchase, but others, it takes a lot of time and you never know at all times, especially when you break this down more to the individual sense, like where did this individual find you first? Was it a speaking yeah. gig? Was it a social media post? and spreading yourself on all these places, but having a way to convert people that works, like having yeah. some type of funnel or some type of sales call that leads into something like that's also yeah. extremely important, but it is very hard to track. Uh, like I wrote this blog post and this blog post, this specific blog post translated into X amount of dollars. It's very hard to do that. Totally. I mean, at the very least, there's like, we've all seen this. Sometimes it actually blows my mind how rarely we've all seen it. But in the checkout form on your site, or when it's time for someone to put in their credit card, add a form that's required that says, how did you hear about us? Mm -hmm. And then have, and don't make it an empty field where they can type in like gibberish or anything, make it a drop down with all of the options of ways that you're trying to reach people. They could click TikTok, blog, Instagram, newsletter, heard from a friend, other. And then if they click other, like give them a field to type it in. It's so we've all seen that before, but for whatever reason, when we buy products online, no one really ever asks us that in the checkout field, which blows my mind. My customers, my clients, we always put that in in the whatever the checkout is, whether it's like to download the app or to uh buy the product or whatever it is. So you might not know exactly which TikTok video converted them ultimately. But if they say like, oh, I've heard about you through TikTok, that tells us a lot. TikTok <laughs> is working. Let's go to do more there. I love that idea. I mean, you're, you're having the person tell you how they found you without having to dig into an analytics dashboard and like try and guess it, like give yeah. them the opportunity to tell you. I mean, that's yeah. very valuable data for any startup. Totally. I've seen another hack that I love and this is a cool one to like, we're going to tweet one thing from this podcast and this would be it. Um, one thing I love that I've seen a couple of times and I'm starting to, to build it into a few clients projects is in the checkout form, whatever the call to action is or whatever the product is like when at the final stage of checking out when they're paying, Ask your customer, did anybody refer you to us? If so, please list their name and email address here. We'd like to thank them. Hmm. And then if they put someone's name and email address, send that refer a little gift. Could be a handwritten note. You can build an automation to like send them a handwritten letter from somebody overseas. Could send them a, a month free of your product. Send them a t-shirt, a piece of swag. Even just an email that says, hey, Bob just bought our product from from us and said that you referred him. Thanks so much, Sally. It was really great uh, to hear that. We hope you're doing well. Best CEO and founder at this startup. This stuff goes so far. It's such amazing and simple customer service, and no one does that anymore. You do that, and like your your brand equity, because Sally's going to now turn around and feel so good that she just recommended one person. She's going to go recommend ten more because she wants more 
ex- uh, excitement from from the CEO and founder. So I love that little hack and strategy, and I would love to see more startups doing that. That is a really great strategy. Listen, Breakthrough Success listeners, make sure you write that down. Uh, just giving people the opportunity to say who referred them and then reaching out to the referrer to thank them. That is a great strategy. We've covered so much ground in this episode. Jake, this has been a great episode for people who want to learn more about you and what you're doing, learn about your business. Where do you suggest we go? Yeah, best place is LinkedIn, uh, Jake Hurwitz, H-U-R-W-I-T-Z. And my website is thursdaylabs.co. Um, I write a lot on LinkedIn. I love to just put out learnings and ideas and strategies that I, I pick up on a daily basis from running this agency, but also with my clients. Um, I've built a few startups. I was in venture capital for a while. I sold one company. So I'm, I'm kind of always looking at the industry from a lot of different angles. And I like to put a lot of that, uh, those findings and those questions out on my LinkedIn. So that's the best place to connect. And if anybody, any listeners or yourself, um, hear this and you want to connect, shoot me a note on LinkedIn and just say, Hey, heard your podcast. would love to connect. And I'll have, I will absolutely DM you right back right away. I would love to just talk shop about marketing or growth or whatever it is. Well, great to discuss listeners. We will have those links in the show notes. Make sure you reach out to Jake. Let him know that you enjoyed the episode. Thank you, great to discuss listeners for joining us today. And thank you, Jake, for joining us on the show. Thanks, Mark. This was fun.